and gentlemen, welcome back to these Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell, your host, co-host Greg Dutcher. Greg, the Ravens. Dude, I mean, I'm sorry, (laughs) listeners, it's deja vu, third week in a row. I mean, the Ravens just suck eggs. I'm saying it now, man. (laughs) You you guys, not being sports fans or big Ravens fans, consider yourselves blessed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the, the, the dude in Sports Illustrated, I can't remember the guy's name, predicted the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl. (laughs) <laughs> we're we're zero and three. Not looking too good. Huh? No, we're going to be zero and four. There's no way we're going to. People are saying, "Well, Roethlisberger is uh, out. He got hurt. He's out for a few weeks." But his backup is Michael Vick, who's a very capable quarterback. So we play them Thursday night. Um, so that's we're losing that game. Predicting it now. That's zero and four. We won't get our first win, and I'll predict that till the following Sunday. Two Sundays after that against the Cleveland Browns. So we'll be 1-4 uh, and four to start the season. No team has ever made the Super Bowl with uh-huh. an 0-3 start. Uh-huh. So mm. it's done. So, yes. But at least the Orioles... Um, yeah, start thinking about the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, the uh-huh. Orioles uh, lost three straight. <laughs> that was another neat set. The Orioles lost to the Red Sox over the weekend. Uh, they not just lost three straight. They got swept. But they uh, scored no runs. They were all shutouts. That hasn't happened to an Orioles team since 1957. Wow. Huh. The Orioles came here in 1954. They were the <laughs> St. Louis Browns right, first. Right, Came here. So, real nice nice things going on for Baltimore sports fans. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not bitter, guys. I am just rejoicing in the Lord. It is, it is the Lord working out your sanctification, yeah. <laughs> Greg. But, but the ski season's coming. So. Ski season, dude. <laughs> uh-huh. yes. The Olympics. Yes. And uh, Steve Hartland joining us. Steve, how you doing? Hey, great. Nice to be here. How are you? Doing well. Coming yeah. back all rested from your vacation. Yeah. You know, it's a little depressing to come home after two <laughs> weeks at Ocean City. Dude. Yeah. But uh, we're surviving. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and can I ask Steve because you look great, man? You you got the nice color well, and and yeah. and your chill. The um, the benefits of not having young children at home, right? You go after Labor Day. Yes, but it's yes, much yes, yes, yes. Cheaper. We were actually there over Labor Day weekend. It yeah. was kind of crowded, but it was okay. still the rates were down. It was really cheap, so yeah. wasn't bad at all. Tell you what was funny though. We were there two weeks in a little one bedroom condo. By little, I mean little. Yeah, man. I yeah. was little, but it looked right out on the ocean. That oh. was wonderful. We had a balcony. So for one day, we had one of our sons, his wife, and their four kids come spend the day with us. That wow. was crowded. And then the next two days, we had another son and his wife and their five kids oh, stay with man. us. So they stayed overnight. That was wild. Wow. Yeah. That was really wild. You're like wow. stepping over sleeping people. Oh, my trying goodness. Trying to get to the bathroom and stuff. Wow. But we loved it. I bet you It's all family, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's great, great. Steve. Well, we got a great uh, episode for you today, as always. Um, first topic, we're just going to dive right into the gate. Kim Davis. Who? That's right. Hey, that's, I've never heard that name. That's what I asked you about, Greg, when we first brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's the girl, and she has all this issue with the gay marriage. and uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's true. Well, I think because we've... We've both not been super political in, in recent years. Hmm. Uh, I don't follow this stuff as closely right. as I did. And as we've said before, it doesn't – well, at the risk of offending some listeners, I don't want to say the issue doesn't matter. I will say it doesn't rank high with me right. too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, because people have asked, I think this came from somebody at Steve's church, didn't yep. it, Nathan? It wanted yep. us to talk about it. So we're blaming yeah. you, Steve. Yeah. Because you're, you're not covering these topics thoroughly enough. <laughs> not answering people's questions. Huh? Well, I did talk about blood moons yesterday, so how's that? Oh, hey, there, there you go. go. Yeah. And actually, uh, hopefully, if we have time today, that's going to be our second topic today. <laughs> yes. So it'll be interesting. Um, so, all right, just right out of the gate, quick summary. Kim Davis, she is a court clerk mm-hmm. down in... Kentucky, I believe. Kentucky. And um, she had this whole issue of refusing to issue marriage licenses to homosexual couples who would come in and uh, want to get their marriage license. Right. Um, she was arrested. Um, was she even in prison for a little bit of time for this? Uh, boy, I'm going to display my ignorance. You know, Steve? I, I think so. Was she? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then she was released and uh, Christians are holding her up as this, you know, great you know, person of virtue in Christianity and look at her, you know, um, standing up for her faith and even conservatives, um, non-Christians are heralding her as, you know, a great champion of freedom and all this stuff. Um, what do you guys think? 
Do you think that um, – do you agree with the general public that um, – do you agree with her that this is something she should be doing um, where her job is dictating um, that she that she issue these licenses? Hmm. Well, uh, do, just to inspire confidence in our listeners. <laughs> oh, no. I mean since, <laughs> since, since I've already admitted Great. that. I've, Wikipedia uh, doesn't count. <laughs> minimally followed it, dude. Look look exactly what I'm on. I'm, uh, on, <laughs> I'm on Wikipedia. Only to answer the question, because I, I, I did actually look at this over the weekend, but I missed if she did any jail time. So uh, let me look uh, at this. Uh, While you're looking, I just find it astounding. Maybe I'm not paying enough attention. Maybe I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I find it astounding that she was arrested for this. Yeah. I mean, why didn't they just talk to her and say, oh, you need to make a decision. Either you work here or you don't. Or, mm-hmm. uh, what grounds did they arrest her? Mm. Anybody know? Yeah. I mean, arrest, yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah. Cuff, put she you in was, the wagon, right. haul you off. And here it is. To answer, Davis was subsequently jailed. Well, let me just back up huh. uh, for it really quickly here. Uh, four couples represented by the ACLU filed a lawsuit against Ms. Davis. U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Kentucky ordered Davis to issue licenses as was required by law. Her lawyers filed an emergency application with the Supreme Court seeking to put the lower court's order on hold, uh, but the application was denied, so it was never even heard. Davis continued to defy the court order, deny marriage licenses, saying she was acting, quote, under God's authority, unquote. Davis was subsequently jailed for contempt of court, then released five days uh-huh. later. So I'm glad you asked that, dude. She, you were right. Five I, days, I, man. Yeah, she was in, in jail for five days. Uh, when she returned to work, she stated she would not interfere with her deputies who had begun issuing licenses according to the court order. Hmm. So that's interesting hmm. um, to me. Yeah, it is kind of strange that um, she was arrested. But she can't be fired, correct, because it's an elected position? I believe that's the case. I didn't know that either. Yeah, she, she, she's the top dog, which is actually the, the, the clerk of courts is an elected position. At least it is there. It's not by appointment. Right. So I think it's it would have to be like a recall vote or something like they did to Scott Walker out in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That, that's my understanding. Uh, so that's what makes the issue so complicated because when I first heard it too, I thought, well, whoever has the power can do what they want. They can fire her. They can censure her. <laughs> they, they, yeah. they, they can do whatever. So I think that's what makes it complicated. Um, so it appears, based on my incredible on-the-spot research in this very studio right now, That's right. <laughs> which makes me qualified to speak as an expert, <laughs> that she uh, is not interfering with her underlings that are issuing the um, licenses. Right. My thought on it is, um, I mean, when I first heard about it, and it might be a I'm discrediting myself. It was so tied in, at least in the rhetoric, to the Supreme Court decision, the gay marriage stuff, yeah. which we, we did a podcast on not right. long ago, uh, that I don't know. I almost didn't have a vested interest in it. Right. But this one does raise some other issues about civil liberties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I will say this across the board. I think one of the great things about this country uh, is, at least on paper, that people should have the freedom – not to violate their conscience. Yes, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do too. Yeah, I, I mean, I applaud her. I, yeah. I have some other th- thoughts about her, but I applaud her for this, that um, she's sticking with her com- conscience and she's willing to go to jail yeah. for an issue that she believes is a matter of faith. Yeah. Hard to find people like that. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I commend her for that. But on the other hand, I, I want to wonder, let me be the devil's advocate. I wonder... Um, when they have couples come in, uh, hetero couples come in, mm-hmm. uh, and here comes hetero cup, a hetero couple, and the husband or the wife or both of them have been divorced in the past for reasons that are less than biblical. Yeah. And they're asking for a marriage license. Is she denying them? Yeah. And if not, then why would you allow it to them? Because they're breaking scripture. They're breaking God's right. law. Yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't allow it to the homosexual couple. Right. So this is that issue again of we've singled out this one matter, homosexuality, and made it like the great issue, the yeah. issue to end all issues. Why? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah. Good Good point, Steve. I think um, you know part of it is, uh, from her perspective, is can she find a way? And based on this, maybe she did, to not violate her conscience – still yeah. perform her duty. Yeah, mm-hmm. let and, the underlings do their thing. And yeah. maybe that's the way it works. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I've wondered that, too. I mean, I've, I've thrown that out to some people who have said, well, the difference is, um, <laughs> let's be honest, Steve, pastor to pastor, do you ever wish that you didn't know 
something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now you have uh-huh. to do something about it. To, yeah. I've yeah. often thought, uh-huh. okay, I'm dealing with a couple who's inadvertently told me something yeah. that I thought I, I really probably need to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Knowing the whole time, there might be 30 other couples in the church that have a similar or worse, or worse. issue. Yeah. But the, the issue is, well, I don't know they about it. tell me. Yeah, yeah. so, so yeah. once you know, you're acting on it. So the argument would you go... You need to preach a sermon one time. Please don't tell <laughs> me. <laughs> Unless you yeah. want me to act. I would the things say, pastors don't want to yeah, know. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe that's a part two of that's our right. one from last week. But, you know, the um, the issue here is obviously from Kim Davis's perspective, if two guys come in, two women come in, hey, we want to get married. It's obvious she knows. Yeah, you know. Where uh, another couple you might not. Although, to your point, I don't know how the marriage. I mean, in Maryland, it's a piece of cake to get a marriage license. Sure. Uh, it seems like my understanding is there's extremely little work to do. You pretty much show up at the courthouse. You say, we're not related. There's no test. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not doing anything. They pretty much take you at your word and you walk mm-hmm. out $25 later yep. uh, with a marriage license. So yeah. um, it may be like that in Kentucky. I'm not sure where. They don't ask about previous marriages, mm-hmm. uh, but that's on file somewhere. Um, so it, it might be one of those issues, you know, because you could think, what if the uh, what if the guy coming in with his wife has another wife stashed away in Salt Lake City somewhere? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, what you don't know, you're not at least on a legal standpoint right. uh, held responsible for in 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 this matter. Um, it's it's tricky. Are your other concerns, Steve? I've read on a few blogs some things about Kim Davis. Uh, from guys that I generally trust, that said theologically she's not somebody most evangelical Christians would look to. I believe she's a oneness Pentecostal. Uh, if any huh. listeners uh, can correct me on that, please let me know. Again, I'm just speaking freely, shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. I am uh, not claiming to be an expert on this, but uh, I, I believe she's a oneness Pentecostal, which is uh, just in general a denial of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that Jesus is God, yes, but there is no Father, uh, there is no Holy Spirit in the sense of individual personhood mm-hmm. within the Trinity. Uh, pretty serious issue, um, obviously. I think to to get the nature of God wrong is significant. So what what concerns me is when people flock to somebody, yeah, because they're conveniently available to represent your cause. When if you sat down with them, you might say, "Hey, I'm not so sure I would line up." Uh, case in point, Donald Trump. But we've already covered that on yeah. another podcast. Did you guys do a Trump? We did. We did. did dude. Oh, I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did a I Trump. I hear that. Yeah, why are evangelicals so enamored with Trump? Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was our. Is, by the way, is he still leading? I don't even know. I haven't followed. I haven't seen for maybe two weeks, and then he was just gaining and gaining and gaining. Oh, so, he was okay. Because yeah. last mm-hmm. I heard, it was Trump, and then Carson. And maybe Carly Fiorina was making a uh, run at it, which is interesting. We did that one with Dave Scheib, didn't he? pointed out that all the ones that are rising in the polls even slightly, they're all different, but what they have in common is they're non-establishment. Yeah, outside the Beltway people. Which kind of tells you there's a restlessness. There's a mood for yeah. that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else to uh, – here, ask me a probing well, question. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk about this. The – is it possible that um, as believers we we spend too much time putting people on pedestal like Kim Davis as opposed to she has her conviction and that's great. Let her deal with that. Why do we as spectators need to get involved in this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about that a little bit. Well, we can't expect that uh, when laws change like they have, uh, the Supreme Court made its mm-hmm. ruling and now uh, same-sex couples can get married. When laws change, there are going to be cases that come up. There are going to be tests. There are going to be uh, you know difficult circumstances. Somebody's going to take a stand for some opposing issue. So this is just one of, the, in my mind, this is just one of those the natural outcome of changing laws. Yeah, uh, things will get settled in a short time, and mm-hmm. this will be forgotten. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, well, that's all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think part of it is people are thinking predictively. Uh, what's going to happen in my world, in my life, you know, what's, what's going to happen. And, um, you know, to a degree that's legitimate, mm-hmm. I think to prognosticate a little bit about what may be coming down the path, uh, on another sense, it might be needless worry, mm-hmm. you know, that, um, ultimately, you know, our mission is defined. We've talked about that before to, to live for Christ fully in whatever context you find yourself. Um, and trusting that as those issues come, You'll discern those yeah. scripturally and uh, make make your decision. 
Um, I, I would say I could not, if I was in Kim Davis's role, issue a marriage certificate. I couldn't do that personally to a gay couple. Um, because to me, that's as close as you come pastorally, Steve, to uniting a couple in marriage, mm. uh, in terms of what we do as pastors and, um, you know, pronouncing, uh, the, the blessing and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, so to me, just each individual Christian makes his or her decision mm-hmm. uh, as it comes uh, our way. I mean, Maryland, as we've mentioned before, it was sort of a moot point because gay marriage was legal in Maryland right. prior to the Supreme Court decision. Right. It was voted as a referendum. Mm-hmm. And am I right on this, guys? I think aren't we – there were other states where, where gay marriage was legal but not as a result of a voter referendum on the actual ballot. As I understand it, it was either done through judicial interpretation, so you've got – Right, you know, Supreme Courts. I don't know Vermont, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. etc. That are saying, "Hey, you know, we we have in essence interpreted the marriage statute to mean this." Right, or it might, in some cases, be congressional action where elected officials make the decision. But if I'm right, we did what even California didn't do. Right, and you lived out in California, Steve, for many years. But in California, remember, it came up as a referendum item on the ballot, and it was rejected. Yes, yeah. So in Maryland, it came up. Interestingly enough. Catholic colony. Hmm. I mean, I think that's very telling Uh uh, about the spirit of the age in which we find ourselves. It comes up as a referendum item on the Maryland ballot, and it's voted. Yeah. So I think, and again, listeners correct me, that Maryland is the first state where the people rose up to institute and legalize gay marriage. So I almost felt like, as a Marylander, uh, when the Supreme Court decision was passed, you know, uh, months ago, okay. I mean, right. It just seems right. like it's starting to catch up in other places, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm sure there are issues that are coming that we can't anticipate. We've talked before about with Stephen Altrogi about the wedding cake. Yeah, you know, do you make a wedding cake uh, for a homosexual couple? Uh, as I've said before, I can find a way in my mind to be more comfortable with that. Yeah, providing a service for people, um, and I don't know how you feel about that, Steve, but um, you know. You, you you find out, hey, it's it's a couple, you own a bakery, right. they want a cake for an occasion. That's for that's me looking at a situation. I don't know if I'm making a cake or something for a, a bachelor party that's going to have strippers. I don't know if I'm making a cake right. for what. And in other words, you provide a legitimate service, right. which is to make a cake. Right. What people do with that yeah, cake and their service. Right. That's how I would work through that. Right. The reason I see the Kim Davis issue as a, a distinct issue is there your – what's the word? You're almost uh, actualizing the – Yeah, you're overtly contributing to that marriage right. act. Yes, yes, that's a good way. Overtly contributing. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and, and let's kind of go back to that for a second um, because uh, let's say that um, this is an issue that did not get resolved. I mean it seems to have kind of be working its way through and resolved. There are accommodations being made. Let's say it didn't. As a Christian – and let's talk about that. Do you think her obligation would be to stay in there and fight this or to simply peaceably resign and say, you know what, I, this is just a violation of my conscience. I can't do this. And so I'm not going to. I'm uh, going to step point. down from this position. So um, talk about that, guys. Well, to be really crass and ridiculous, how much does her job pay? <laughs> right. So let's see. Should I step down from this job or not? Right, hmm. right, right. I'm making uh-huh. six figures. Yeah, I'm right. gonna fight for this job. Yeah. yeah. If I can shift away from that for a second, okay. be all right. Remember to bring us back there. Very good friend of mine from college days. Born and raised in Annapolis. Lived in Annapolis, and he developed the the Annapolis tour bus business yeah he had these buses that look like trolley cars maybe yeah. you've been on one he'd take you around and give you the tour and he had yeah. people working for him and they would tell you what this house is and who mm-hmm. built that when so on so uh you know gay law was passed in maryland and you may or may not know you probably know annapolis is a haven for, sure. oh, for yeah. gay folks right yep. so all of a sudden uh, lots and lots and lots of gays want to use his tour buses to haul their people to and from events when they're getting married on their marriage weekends. Interesting. And he determined, no, I can't in good conscience do that. Okay. And the newspapers tried and convicted him. Yeah. And he was he was made to be an evil guy. He wound up having to sell that business. Wow. Moved out of the state somewhere else, and I don't know what business he started since then, but uh, didn't go well for him. So there was an example of a guy who said, no, I, I can't drive 
gay parties, gay couples to and from their destinations. Yeah. Could you have said, like the cake thing, well, you know, I, I have a business, I drive people. What they're being driven for, that's their business. Right. It isn't up to me. Could you have done that? Um, I could have, I yeah. think. Uh, I really could have. But I, again, I will say, I, I mean, the conscience is a sacred thing. Yeah. And um, I, I think that a person should have the right to not violate it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say, I, I kind of put that almost on a, on a liberty level issue. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the person that feels I can watch this movie or I can't watch this movie. I think as long as the person truly says my conscience before the Lord is troubled to do this. Now, maybe a conversation with me or somebody else would say, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, what, what are you doing? Um, he probably, this is my sense, felt like he was aiding and abetting sin at, at some level. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And I, I respect that. I, I don't view it like that personally, yeah. but I can understand somebody that does. Yeah. I, I sought to dissuade him a little bit from his course. Yeah. And it didn't go anywhere. No, uh, no. He was very firm in his conviction, yeah. so you know, commendations hey, to him. And obviously, I mean, he took a hit um, because it sounds like, see, prior to that, he was in a pretty oh, it was a nice thing. lucrative business yeah, he, he had going on. He lost on. it. It all went and, away. And so he took a stand. Yeah. I think those things are, are sacred. I, 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 I really respect guys. See, I'm the guy that... Um, kind of ruins and rains on the parade for chariots of fire i mean think about you the (laughs) and the slow motion running and that's eric little story right and you know i mean i do respect his convictions dude what what are you talking about you can't run on sunday (laughs) yeah Uh i mean so it's a movie that celebrates in my opinion sabbatarian legalism (laughs) um which i i despise Um. sorry any sabbatarians that are out there listening to it but I, I can't appreciate within his set of convictions mm-hmm. the incredible sacrifice that he made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I would disagree. I would have said to Eric Lewis, this is crazy, man. Right. When you run, you feel his pleasure. So run on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, because I am not convinced that there is – that's – we could do that as a separate podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, just for listeners that know, Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus is my Sabbath. Jesus is the true rest to which we enter and the people of God. I don't think it is located on a day. If you want to be hard-pressed on it, keep it Saturday, unless you can find clear biblical evidence that, you know, I mean. Transfer. Yeah, yeah. that, I mean, yeah. I, I know it did transfer when you read the book of Acts. Right. But that's a description. There's no prescription for that. Yeah. So to me, it's just a big freedom issue. Right. Um, and that I, that I don't want to get caught up on. Right. Uh, but I, so there's a movie, Chariots of Fire, Eric Little. Great man, great man of faith, made a very self-sacrificial decision that I respect. Even though, if I was back there, I said, "Dude, just get out there and run it, right. win right. the medal." Right. Yeah. So that's how I view your your friend's experience. Yeah. So yeah. similar to that, and I think you guys might have had a podcast where you discussed this. So I don't want to rehash something, but I had a couple in our church come to me a couple weeks ago, and, and the husband, who's a really tough guy, retired marine. So mm-hmm. he says, I shouldn't have given that much away. No. <laughs> he, he says to me, uh, we had to go to a family wedding this weekend. I said, yeah, yeah. He said it was, uh, it was a gay wedding. Wow. I said, oh, okay. All right. All right. You know, I didn't right, right. want to land on him about that because I think that is going to be an issue of conscience too. You know, where, right. where does scripture say you should or should not go to a gay wedding? So we need to give each other liberty in the decisions we make. But he basically said, you know, we had to. It's a family thing. The whole family. There's all this family pressure and so on. We had to. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, in, a, in the same way, uh, can the lady say, you know, I have to issue these marriage licenses. It's my right, job. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. See, and it's interesting, Steve, because the gentleman that you bring up, I would almost say that unless, unless he convinced me that he actually thought about his, that issue and the conviction that he landed on with it, that he was wrong just for going because of the pressure, uh-huh. you know, and that, yeah. and that would be my thought is that if we're ever, as believers pressured into doing something, yeah. if we truly believe it's wrong, then we're wrong. Yes. Right. And we, when we do that, yeah. um, you know, and, and to your point, Greg, like, I, I mean, I've said this on the podcast before, I have no issue providing services for homosexual couples as a liquor store manager. I, I'll tell you what, people come into my store all the time and I know that they're buying yeah. alcohol and they're going and they're getting totally drunk off of it. Sure. You know, and and we're not talking about one instance where they're having a party and they're going to have too much to drink. No, no, no. These are people who come in constantly, right? And I know that they are abusing alcohol, right? 
I'm held to a different standard. And to me, I'm not violating my conscience. I don't own the store. Right. I work for someone who has told me, in essence, that I'm to sell alcohol to whoever it may be as long as it doesn't violate the law. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, I feel like, you know what? My conscience is clear. I have no issue with that. And I really – I don't. You yeah. know, somebody comes in. They want to buy. I know they're going to abuse it. You know what? I work for someone else who is determined – who is not a believer and who's determined that this is fine, that I am to to take their money and to sell this to them. Oh, I think even um, if I didn't work for somebody else, if, if it was my liquor store mm-hmm. – uh, I would still say, you know, I'm responsible to sell liquor. What they do with it, that's all. Right, right. Like a whole lot of other right. things. If I have a motorcycle store, sure. Uh, you know, these guys are going to buy their crotch rockets and go out right. there and do 186 miles an hour. I know right. a kid who did. See, yeah. for, for me, I guess the difference would be when I see the same guy coming in for his fifth pint of SoCo <laughs> that you day. You know something's up. That, that day. That's, really? You yeah, see oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's Sorry where, that. that's where wow. if I own the store, yeah. I would have no problem me myself or telling my employees, you know what? Just cut them off. Yeah, maybe put my arm around them and say, you know what, brother? I think you've right. had enough today. Right. Yeah. And and so yeah, for I me as you. as the owner, I would have no problem doing that. I'd have no problem teaching my employees to do that. Yeah. I don't work for an employer who does that. You right. can't do that. And so for me, yeah. again, it's, it's, it's something where if I had a serious issue with it and I was doing it, I think I would have to talk to my boss and say, I just – I can't do this anymore. When he comes in, you're going to have to ring him up. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, honestly, I don't because I feel like – this is his store. He mm-hmm. owns it. I am an employee of his. Mm-hmm. And and so this is now is his responsibility overall in how yeah. he runs it and operates it. And in that circumstance, I'd try to help my boss keep my objection in perspective. That is, mm-hmm. I would want to say to him, hey, remember, I will be here 55 hours a week. Right. I'm, I'm going to work. You know, stuff's going to be shelved like it needs to be, whatever's right. involved in your job. I'm going to take care of all these customers. Just this one little thing I'm asking you, would you let me off the hook on this one? Right. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, that's. Uh, that I mean, I know kids that do that with their jobs because they want to go to church on Sunday. Right. Uh, hey, I'll do this. I'll do that. Right. If you I'll need work me to hard. Come in. You'll be happy to have me. I'll make you money. Yeah, yeah. but I've got this. I really want to be at church. Um, and uh, you know, can you can you make that happen? Sports programs. You know, you you have some of that. It's interesting, Nathan, because I never thought of that from a liquor store sales perspective. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. you you describe the the compassionate bartender that cuts the guy right. off. Yeah. Hey, dude, I can't do this. You've had enough. Right. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm worried about your I mean, blood alcohol poisoning right. at this point that could literally, I mean, apart from driving, yeah. could yeah, you, calling I mean, you a taxi. Yeah. I mean, we, we you know, so yeah, I, I think there's um, a lot of interesting gray area in, right. in, in these matters. And uh, watch this transition. There's sort of gray area, and sometimes there's red area, like a <laughs> like a blood moon. Like a blood I moon. thought you were going to talk about my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, speaking of gray areas, dude, I wish I had hair to talk about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, actually, um, you know, we're we're professionals on here, Greg. Yeah. Uh, so that transition was just spot smooth. On. Dude. You, you, you've got to be a professional podcaster <laughs> to be able That's to pull right. something like that off. That's like the guy who comes in and starts talking about the weather. And you know, speaking of the weather, do you know? Jesus yeah. created the weather. <laughs> dude, that is so funny. That was my days, dude. All I, I love, I had great experiences in Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew. You know, they've, they've changed their name. Great experiences, really did. So I'm, I'm not saying that, but man, some of the surveys we did. They, first of all, I, I look back on it, my conscience is disturbed. Because they weren't surveys. Yeah, not really surveys. Yeah. Or... We, we never tallied that data and, and did anything with it. Yeah. Uh, so you go up you know, to the guy, and I remember it was always the three quick, you know, some guy in his dorm room, oh, yeah, what's up? Hey, we're just with, we're doing a real quick survey on Easter. You know, I know it sounds kind of goo. When you were a kid, did you like Easter? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. What was your favorite part? Oh, candy. Three. Uh, yeah. Really? Do you, uh, you still celebrate Easter Day? Uh, I guess I go home, see my parents have a ham. Question five. If you could know God personally through Jesus Christ, would you be interested in learning about that? On like, Easter. Yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> Easter. And then you're, you're, you know, you, you see the guy. Man, it was, it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. I, I mean, that was my experience of it. Um, you know, it's, um, it reminds me of Christian t-shirts. The yeah. really <laughs> cheesy ones. I think I told you this recently, dude. There was, do you remember this, Steve, in the early 90s? And at one point, I owned 37 Christian t-shirts. So I'm speaking from experience. Is that a literal number? 37. You counted them. <laughs> counted them. Because, well, my mother counted them. 
Wow, and, now and, I'm looking at the one you're wearing. Yeah, it no, is not a Christian This t-shirt. one just uh, says uh, Big Daddy Auto. It's, <laughs> I got it at Kohl's because it, it fits. Uh, <laughs> so it was like $6, and I thought, yeah, that's a good thing to get. It works. Um, but what, what, one of these Christian T-shirts of the early 90s that a friend of mine wore, and even I, in my most obnoxious wear-your-faith-on-your-sleeve-literally phase, did not wear this. It's a, it's a picture of a cartoon buffoonish-looking Buddha nailed to a cross and it says what's wrong with this picture and then at the bottom it says jesus said i am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but through me buddy of mine nailed it one time we were talking about t-shirts and i just thought he said it because you know dutcher i mean just think about the people that are falling on their knees coming to know christ because of those t-shirts. That shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. and well, as soon as he said that i thought man that's a problem with a lot of that stuff you know you broadcast yeah. it but you almost wonder you know you're you go to a conference you ever had this guys where somebody says how many of you came to know christ through a friend how many of you came to know christ through a family and it, they almost point out it's almost always relationally right there might be a handful of people i mean legitimately they came to christ through an altar call right uh, a billy graham crusade but it tends to be a small number. I'd like to. How many of you came to know Christ through somebody's Christian T-shirt um, <laughs> or bumper sticker? Yeah, or bumper <laughs> sticker. I'd like to. I'd like to see that. Anyway, hey, here's a counterpoint on the crew, folks. Though, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, and I, yeah. I've I've done that. You know, I went to Washington Bible College. We had to have a Christian service assignment. Oh yeah, we had to go out and do something, uh, which I, I respect that they wanted you to do that. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I spent a couple of semesters going to the University of Maryland and taking Campus Crusade surveys. Yeah, right, right. So, so that's cool. But um, so I, I know all about that. Been, been there, done that. But I at least appreciate that they're out trying to share their faith. I do too. Mm. I'm yeah. going to really applaud that. Yeah. And, and I think there are a whole lot of Christians who never have or aren't. And it's a great experience to be forced out there to have it to, is. you know, look somebody in the eyes and basically say, "I'm a Christian. I'd like oh, yeah. you to be a Christian. Do you want to talk about it?" Yep. Uh, so I applaud what they're doing, even though their methodology is a little bit uh, sucky. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I heard uh, somebody say that recently. Um, Jay Grisha Machen, you know, sort of a stalwart theological hero at Princeton in its earlier days, and he defended Christian orthodoxy against 20th century liberalism. And Is this Billy Sunday? Billy Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, have you heard that quote that oh, he, yeah. he was asked I've about Billy about Sunday? That. Yeah, and he said, if I have this right, Steve, you can correct me, that he he respected Billy Sunday because he had the right enemies. Is, is, is that the <laughs> quote that right. year? Yeah. That he um, he knew that the people that disliked him disliked him for the right reasons. That he was preaching the gospel, yeah, yeah. theatrically, yes, maybe almost uh, embarrassingly the way we would look at it, standing on top of yeah. pulpits. Yeah, he and was a former pro ball player. He was he's a that's very right. athletic guy. Yeah. His histrionics in the pulpit yes. were incredible. You can Google it and find actual like drawings from that day and some actual wow. photographs of him standing in these amazing stances, you know. And wow. It's like he must have choreographed these in front yeah. of a mirror or something. <laughs> but there's more to that story. Yeah. You know, Machen so respected Billy Sunday in a day of uh, – Theological decay yeah. in the day when the mainline denominations were going south quickly because yeah. German theology came in and shredded the Bible and so yeah. on. Uh, Machen grabbed a hold of Billy Sunday and had him come preach at Princeton. I didn't know. And that. the entire staff of Princeton signed on to that because they recognized we don't have to agree on all the things. You know, Billy Sunday was Arminian as they sure. Come, oh yeah, sure. But, but we agree on the core doctrines. See, these guys wow. understood the basis for Christian yeah. unity. We wow. agree on the core doctrines. We agree on the gospel. We agree on the mission. Let's get this nutty guy to come <laughs> preach here. And so you have like these really stiff collar Machen dudes. You know, wow. very proper. He's buried in Baltimore. By I, I, yeah, yeah, been yeah. to his been to his grave. Yeah, um, and then you have this flaming, crazy guy. Billy wow, preached there. I didn't know he preached there, dude. Yeah. That's news to me. I, I don't know how I. I really love. I love that story. Yeah. I love that Machen had Billy Sunday come preach. That's a great story. Well, it's yeah. funny you say that because I put up a quote by Billy Sunday on uh, the. It was either I think it was the Facebook and the Twitter because yeah. usually I do both. And somebody commented on it. He was Arminian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, Meaning, it, I like this there's because, nothing to say. Yeah. Yeah. I like this because a whole lot of Reformed types today, and I'm Reformed in my theology. Sure. Oh, yeah. A whole lot of Reformed types today are so anti-anything that isn't exactly specifically Reformed yeah. like they are. Yeah. But they need they need to learn from a yeah. Machen and an entire Princeton Theological Seminary yeah. staff back in its great days that, uh, hey, we're allies with a guy like right. Billy Sunday. He's Arminian. Yeah. He's not the devil. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh-huh. Dude, absolutely. Man, that is that – is, 
Great. I didn't know that somebody just said, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's our man, which is the way of saying, therefore, it's dismissed. <laughs> right. Remember, I, yeah. I did that. That was my little experiment that I've talked about in some other contexts. Yeah. When I heard, uh, I, it was on Christian radio years ago. I'm uh, on a trip. I'm, I'm in a rental car, so I've got the satellite radio, and I'm getting this Christian programming. And it's an interview with a guy that I think is Tim Keller. Uh, I hear him talk. It's, it sounds like him, but I thought, is that Tim Keller? And he was just talking about the local church. And I loved the guy was so conversational. He was so uh, thoughtful. You could tell he had just lived and drank and bled the church. You, you just had that strong sense. Like he had thought so deeply about the church. And uh, just one observation he had, he said, you know, when the local church is working like it should, there's nothing better on, on the entire planet. And he said, and equally, when the local church is not working like it should, there's nothing worse. worse. And it was just such a astute observation. I was riveted by what he said. And at the very end, the, the host, the guy interviewing him, just said, well, we've been thrilled to have Bill Hybels on the podcast ah. today. And I thought, oh, it's Willow Creek, seeker sensitive, you know, yeah. all, all uh-huh. that stuff, egalitarian and things that I would disagree with, of course. And uh, I came back to some Reformed friends, Steve, and I shared that story without saying who it was. Just I said, yeah, th- I heard this guy. I just want to get your thoughts. What do you think about this quote? There's nothing better on earth than the local church when the local church is working right. And he talked about people that are ministering to each other, serving each other. People, yeah, absolutely. And um, it was interesting. I tested him. I said, you know who actually said it was Bill Hybels. And a few guys kind of be- well i mean <laughs> you know the best i got was sort of well even a broken clock is right twice a day <laughs> you know and it was almost like you you couldn't i mean i would tell you, truth is truth no matter where it's found right. ultimately um and so it was interesting to me that it was almost well he's not one of our guys so i can't really can't sign on with him. i can't sign on yeah. to that can't approve that i can't yeah. possibly learn anything yeah. serious so, from yeah, this person from Hybels. Uh-huh. i mean come on that's crazy if you told me tim keller said it or yeah. john piper said it um that was telling to me and yeah. i and I, I see it in myself too i thought oh yeah that's that's the wrong wrong source um, I can't share this quote because it's from John Wesley. <laughs> Man, I, I wish George Whitfield had said it. Then I could share it. Crazy. Or it's funny. If a guy's dead, he gets a pass on all kinds of Well, things. that's true. And you, and you can quote Wesley. You can quote Wesley. He's, respected. Yeah. Yeah. he's not a good example. Philip Yancey uh-huh. might be one I've uh-huh. quoted before. That's a, you know, Yancey's a little off. On- yeah, or we quote Augustine, right? I, right. I love Augustine. Yeah, Augustine sure. said enough things that sound Catholic that the Catholics <laughs> can claim him. I agree. And enough things that sound Protestant that the Protestants can so claim true. him. So yeah. true. So true. Yeah. And yet we quote him. Well, that's, that's because true. he was before the Catholic and Protestant whole yeah. issue. Yeah, it's true. It's uh-huh. true. And those are debates. You know, people mm-hmm. say, who who would he have sided with? And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I, you see us, Lewis is one. Right. Lewis, for whatever reason, as I've mentioned before, get, always gets a pass from everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he is. He's like a patron saint. He is. He <laughs> is. Everybody. I mean, you're. Yeah. Well, it's okay to quote C.S. Lewis because he was an intellectual. He was, you know. So, uh, you know, there's all he these little things. He wrote Christianity. That's right. We can't. <laughs> We can't take him off his stoop. So, um, hey, yeah. and if we don't get the blood moons, guys, I'm cool. Know, right? I've got. I'm passionate but, about the blood moon thing. Th- this topic is dear to me. This thing we've just been talking about yeah. because I have been. Oh, I'll use strong language. I've been attacked. I've been vilified. I've been uh, you know blamed because of guys I will approve of who are maybe Arminian and they use some methodology we wouldn't use in their church. But a lot of people are coming to Christ. They're baptizing a lot of people. Their churches grow, and it's a healthy place. Lives are being changed and conformed to Christ. But they have some theological weirdness going on. But I'll give them my hearty approval because of all the good stuff that's going on, like Machen approved Billy Sunday. Sure. So these guys will like lambaste me for doing that, and then they'll turn around and quote C.S. Lewis. Right, right. I just don't get it. Yeah, I know. I think it's as long as the guy's dead, you can quote him. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. So you just need all these, his errors go away. You just need to wait, Steve, for these modern guys to die, uh, and then I can talk about it. <laughs> if you outlive them, uh-huh. you're good. Yeah. If you don't outlive them, just don't yeah. don't mention it. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's um, it's a shame. It, it it really is. I mean, this this became an issue. If you remember when John Piper invited Rick Warren to one of his conferences mm-hmm. as a keynote, I mean, sort of the reformed blogosphere blew up yeah. with outrage. Um, I love that Piper did that. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And, and I, I mean, have great respect for Rick Warren. Yeah, I mean, Warren is is there's no doubt he's one of us. No yeah. doubt at all. Yeah. I think loves the Lord. Mm-hmm. Has been absolutely passionate about yeah. reaching. And yeah, you can sit down in, in a smaller setting, intramural setting, and hash out some of the debates mm-hmm. methodologically. And stuff. But you're right. The bigger picture you look and yeah. say, man, and here's how, this is what always grounds me. When I think of an unbeliever in my family, and if I got an email tomorrow that, hey, my cousin, my brother, my whoever, 
um, just just started going to Saddleback Community Church out in California where his church is, I would be very, very happy yeah. because I know he's hearing the gospel. Healthy place. Yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. could go to a Pentecostal church where they're swinging on the chandeliers if the gospel is being preached. Right. I'm I'm very happy. Yes. You know, and so sometimes that's what helps me find my center is when I think of an unbeliever and I think of, oh, my goodness, I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, this guy has befriended Rick Warren and they're talking about yeah. the things of God. I'd be very excited. I'd send him there, my, un- my non-Christian friend yeah. or my young Christian friend, way sooner than I'd send him to a really, really, really for real reform church. Yeah. That's that's stuffy and and centers on denunciatory preaching, right? And, right. And what we separate from and who we don't like, and that's the whole thing. I don't want to send my friend to that thing. And dude, can I just say, best adjective, denunciatory. Yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah. that is awesome. That's right, isn't it? The I, word of the day is yeah, denunciatory. <laughs> I've been trying to work concomitant. That's a Dave Shive word. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah, yes. where that's from Washington Bible College. Yeah. They use that is word. Is that a lot. right? Yes, <laughs> I heard it there because he would uh-huh. say that in his preaching. Uh-huh. He says, uh-huh. and when we consider this and all the concomitant uh, <laughs> blessings that come along, and I said, I'm going to use that word concomitant. I normally am the guy that'll use it, and I use it wrongly. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to bust yes. out the word, uh-huh. and I'll say yes. Well, that sounds like a concomitant issue. Like, Greg, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, but it felt good. Right, felt yeah. good to say it. Denunciatory. Uh, hey, going back word. to Rick Warren and others like him for a moment too. I really respect that Rick Warren has never disappointed us. Yeah, that is to say, there's never been. He's been at it a long time. It's a big church. He's made gobs of money through his books. No sure, doubt. sure. But there's never been a financial scandal. There's nope. never been a moral scandal. There's nope. never been a church leadership style scandal. Yeah. Right. It's just solid stuff, and it goes on and on. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I I do too. And he uh, he's actually suffered significant loss. You know, his son. Yeah, his son. His son yeah. took his life um, a few years ago, and uh, this is a man who I think has walked a real life path. Hard path, and I—I I mean, yeah, he's—I mean, purpose-driven, purpose-driven life has some good things in it. I mean, there are things I don't agree with. I think it's a very good book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are things I don't agree with, but yeah. very good book. Yeah. A few years ago, more than a few years ago now, time is flying. Uh, I spoke at a reformed pastors conference. Yeah. Uh, of really, really reformed, really real for real. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I quoted Hybels, and I named him, and I quoted Warren, and I named him, and I did it on purpose. Yeah. And when I did, guys just looked at me like, wow. <laughs> and, and yeah. I asked at one point, you know, you're familiar with them, aren't you? Yeah. And, and somebody said something. It was like, he wasn't sure these guys are Christians. Wow. Wow. Man, how can yeah. you not be sure Rick Warren's a Christian? Yeah. I know. Well, and you look at you look at Bill Hybels, mm-hmm. and he did. He built up the, this mega church, and he had all these thoughts and ideas. Well, what was it? Five or six years ago, came out and said, "You know, we we we've gone back and we've gone through our church in depth, and we've discovered the things that we thought were working aren't." Yeah, yeah. I that mean, was I the, mean, how much how it. much humbling, yeah. more humble can you be to mm-hmm. to be in this position with this church, have this fame, and um, come out and say, you know what, our model's not working. Right. right. You know, yeah. we thought we thought this was this was going to bring people to to truly um, understand a relationship with Christ and have a relationship with Christ, and 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 what we're seeing is it's not. And yeah. so we're going to change the way we're doing it. Um, so you know, you've got to have respect for Hybels for being willing to come on and do that. Um, and just say it was wrong, and, and we're going to change it up. Um, we're actually getting to the point we're going to wind down on this podcast, but Greg, you wanted to give a little teaser because uh, we just had the Blood Moon. Dude, uh, I, you got to say something about the Blood Moon because I yeah. saw your Facebook last night, Steve, and I was out with my older two Yeah, kids. Debbie and I sat out, lawn chairs. And, and it was just a little too cloudy. But I mean, you could see it. It cleared up after a while from where we were. It, it, it did for us, too. It was cool. like It was cloudy, but we could see the moon getting increasingly darker. Yeah, uh-huh. Disappeared for a while. Disappeared. Gone. And then you saw that kind of blood orange. Uh-huh. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. I was sitting there thinking of the ancients. You know, They're trying to figure this out. What oh, does it mean? I know. There's a sign in the heavens. I know. How they I mean, responded to that yeah, stuff. It, it, yeah. it was fascinating to, to watch. Uh, my quick comment was on the book, The Harbinger, which we've never talked about really right, on this podcast. Right. But, uh, it's because we have more class than that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't read it, uh, and I just this time determined not to read it. Like I read the Shack sure. years back. I've read some of the other stuff. I, I skimmed some of Harold Camping's absurd stuff years ago. Um, and I, I'm more concerned. I'll say it again, and maybe and we've we've yet to do an eschatology podcast 
which I'd love to do. Because we, we have about more that, class than that. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Is> that <laughs> Man, you like school in the summertime. No class. Oh. Um, that's a fat, uh, fat Albert line for anybody wondering. Um, the, um, the whole issue of these books that create excitement that are based on near calendar events. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, they just concern me. I mean, how how many times, Steve, I mean, you've been pastoring longer. Have you seen this? Yes. There's a cycle. There's just a new book. I remember uh first time I was really exposed to it was uh the whole Y2K issue. There was mm, remember yeah. a slew of books oh, written yeah. that were all sorts of speculation Ezekiel, Isaiah, Daniel, Mike Tyson. It Ty all turned this. out to be absolutely nothing. Always. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always. But think of the money you could make if you wrote a book like that. I know. Steve, it's funny. No. You say, I was uh, just about to say, it's a shame that my conscience prohibits yeah. me from writing something <laughs> yeah. like that uh-huh. because I could be a millionaire. I know, dude. Well, we, we've talked about that, too, sometimes. At least it, can't you find some obscure biblical text and write about it? And just turn it into uh-huh. a bestseller and. Uh, I said, yeah, we'll be completely discredited, but maybe we'll make enough on the way out the door. It won't matter. Right? Yeah. But, but, Greg, we still have our obscure biblical verse Bible cards. Yes, which we've <laughs> only been teasing at, Steve. we we, we got to get the person that designs them. That's we right. feed the ideas, but obscure Bible verses. But we do have a prototype. <laughs> and what do you I do? sent you a me? prototype. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> what will be done with these? Yes. Well, we, we'd like to have a line of greeting cards because there's a lot of verses, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, uh, I will rejoice and be glad, and yeah, this is the day the Lord is good, solid biblical greeting. You know, and you have the nice scenery in the background. Uh, We'd like to have the one from like um, our executive pastor Mark Sweeney's favorite verse in the Bible. I can't remember Second Kings something. It's like, and then we boiled my son and ate him. (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't there a card for that? (laughs) I'm serious. Why isn't there a card for that? Or why isn't there a card for Paul to say, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves? <laughs> I mean, how come we don't have cards for that? I have a few people I could hear yeah. on that one, too. <laughs> but, but the funnest part, Steve, is finding the artist to design the picture. Uh, yeah, you don't want Kincaid for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure if Kincaid would have been the right guy. Uh-huh. But we, we, come on, John, got... 316 right down at the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we just put the little tagline in. But... Um, I mean, that's the thing. I would say I had a few guys, even here, good guys that love the Lord, that were excited. Oh, have you read The Harbinger? And um, Mm. I'm at a point now, I'm just, no, I I just, I I guess my concern is, is Christianity in its revealed biblical form boring? (laughs) I mean, that's what you have to resort to this stuff. You have to have this kind of sensational freshly end time. Yes. That I just think, man, and I, it may be that there's just not the sense of the, you know, what Piper calls the wartime mentality that we should have understanding that our life is a vapor. It's short. There are lost people in our lives every day uh, that, that we can be praying for, should be engaged with that there, there should be a sense of, excitement adventure but it seems that these books come along every so often and they they tap into a yeah. a sense that wow I, I got something to get really fired up yeah. about and if you think about what those books actually do to propel the gospel and the yeah. cause of christ how many people are who aren't believers are looking at those books and reading them and just like it's just another christian nut out there yeah, yeah. 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 Stupid yeah. i agree and yeah. how much more when they end up on the ollie's bargain discount yeah. table for 99 cents <laughs> yeah. you, you know, know it seems like the people i meet let's say at the gym or wherever who are into those books mm-hmm. who are moved by those books who will buy the next one and so on uh are this is a blanket statement but they, they're often folks who come from churches where there's not much scripture going on yeah a whole lot of the preaching is just like you know emotional or what the guy thinks yeah. or whatever and whatever. Yeah. So if we could just get people in churches working from scripture, yeah. and let's tie ourselves to scripture and let's limit ourselves by scripture, all those books will go away. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and there is a sense too of um it's almost an assumed uh supreme importance of America, uh which when you think about it in its context uh, We've been around a little more than 200 years in the scope of history. It's not that long, but there is right. a sense of American centrality to these books that so many of the of the choicest prophetic passages really have to do with the American yeah. yes. experiment. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you start thinking, I mean, so what, what are those – those passages were irrelevant in Luther's Germany, 
yeah. or you know Augustine's North Africa. I mean, they were yeah. waiting for us. Yeah, they were yeah. waiting for us to get on the scene when they yeah. really take on their meaning. Yeah. There's a lot. I don't know if people stop to think about that because yeah. we don't have a long term, myself right. included. I'm right. not acting like I do. Uh, we have to remind ourselves that man, in the scope of human right. history. We're here for a very short time, right? And there might be a lot still to come after us. Right. Well, can, and can we also remember too that every single believer at some point or another thought that the end times was about them? I mean, yeah. isn't that Paul's warning yeah. to the church that you know, yeah, it might be here. You know, you're freaking out about something that may or may not be here. Get on with your lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's Second uh, Thessalonians. You know, I mean, that seems to be one of Paul's concerns. That uh, you know, he's telling them to settle down. Yeah, find something useful to do with your hands. Work with your hands. Live yeah. quiet, peaceable lives. You be be good citizens. Yeah. Ha- have a salutary influence on society. Yeah. And um, you know, there seems to be this quest to get on the mountaintop uh, to to wait for the end and hunker yeah. down. My favorite, I have to say, dude, because I know we're about to wrap up. Y two K. All those books. Y two K. And I remember Christian Ministries and early websites. You know, around. 1998, 1999, that were giving instructions on, um, you know, how, how to stockpile food, make sure to get your guns, yeah, so that you other people don't take it. I remember at one point uh. thinking, that's weird, yeah, because when people are in need around you. You'll have your you'll have your stockpile right. that they can't touch, and I don't yeah. have to give them any. Sorry, you starve. I have food. Strange. Jesus thing. loves you. Jesus loves you. Be, be warm, warm and, and be filled. filled. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. right. Yeah, it's almost like it's, it's just a version of a Walking Dead apocalypse, right? Right. With a Christian veneer that you you, you fight for your own. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and sign off now. We will revisit a couple of these topics in uh, two weeks. Um, we have special guests. We're going to hold off on revealing that guest. Um, Excited. Yep. So next week we have a special guest, and then, uh, Steve, you'll be joining us again in two weeks where we will pick up our Blood Moon topic, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the gospel and are too many Reformed people not focusing on grace and the gospel. All right, guys, we just rocked the Casper. Rock and rolled it. He's going to 11.